Welcome to For Everyone Always, a podcast presented by Damage Society. Poorly hosted every week by Alex and JB, as we discover how hard podcasting can be. Join our alternative community, where there's open arms and ears for all. This is For Everyone Always. Shit, is that just a one-take hit? Episode 9. Again, joining me is Marsha. Thank you. So, last episode we briefly touched upon the queer community and uh, pride and things like that. A few like personal anecdotes and being supportive and that kind of thing. Um, and I thought this uh, episode might be good to continue that thread just while we're still in Pride Month, June, and talk about pride, how pride and the LGBTQ plus community is represented in other companies, specifically Disney and Marvel, okay. other two that I've done some research on. Um, I say research, I've found a couple of articles that I thought was quite interesting, some characters that I personally didn't think might have been linked to Pride or being queer, but you know, other people have touched upon it. So so if you want to just jump straight into it, um, the first one I did was based off of Disney. Obviously, we like Disney, Love I think Disney. other people that are alternative or in our community, the queer community, whatever, also like Disney. Yep. I think they've had a bit of a sketchy past, yes. um, <laughs> but I like the fact that they're trying to do a lot of course correction. Um, I think that's positive. I think the only thing that any of us can do is try to normalise the queer community and, and pride and that kind of thing. Uh, and I think the kind of, with each film they've put out, especially recently, um, I feel like they're getting better at that. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, they? definitely. Yeah. yeah, you can tell um, the growth um, just as a company. Yeah, yeah, which is good and necessary. Absolutely, you have to you have to keep up. You have to be at the forefront, um, mm. or else you get called out. And like you said, yeah. So going through it, this article starts from 1983 onwards. This is it says Disney struggled with LGBTQ representation, especially in the animated series, um, and there was kind of a few more stereotypes. Uh, and a word that's flagged up here is queer coding. Okay which I didn't realise that was a thing, but queer coding is a subtextual coding of a character in media as queer. The sexual identity may not be explicitly confirmed, and some of the characters could actually be straight, but those characters display queer mannerisms and queer traits. Again, like the stereotype words thrown around. Yeah. Um, And such traits are uh, greatly varied, but traits of exaggerated masculinity femininity vanity and hypersexuality okay apparently all queer coding so i thought that was quite interesting so when you kind of read that there's a a lot of disney characters are kind of fall into these camps because i suppose it's animation isn't it so and cartoons so all of those characters are kind of fall into something like that because it's not like acting where you can be subtle with your expressions you have to be expressionate because it's a cartoon so the first few that they've picked up on is Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin and Mulan. Okay. So Mulan tackled like some ideas of like identity and gender. Um, and there was kind of a few like outdated jokes about how to act as a man or a woman, etc. Um, but I don't know about you, but personally, I always kind of saw Mulan as like a strong character, regardless of the gender. Yeah. And I think... My impression of the film was that it was they were a positive role model of 
pushing yourself and becoming a better version of who you are. Yeah. But in the live action remake, uh, Mulan's love interest, Shang Li, um, wasn't included. Oh, I didn't watch all of the live Did action. Did you not? I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's no Mushu. There's no like, Mushu. Why are we. <laughs> that is. No Mushu no is bad, man. Mushu. But yeah, I think, and because obviously it's loosely based on historical events, mm. um, yeah, it was just like, she was a badass. Yeah, 100%. So um, they decided to not include Shang-Li because of a response to the Me Too movement. Okay. Arguing that having a commanding officer that is also the sexual love interest felt uncomfortable and they didn't think it was appropriate. And that was why he was caught. However, it was met with social media backlash. Uh, the people that made the remake were surprised, uh, but also acknowledged that the character had become an LGBTQ icon. Like, it's a massive part of the storyline. Yeah. Um, because he his character has growth as well. Like in the yeah. at the beginning, he's all stubborn. Like you have to be a man. Like Mulan was hiding herself. From him, obviously for the storyline reasons, but like, and he was very much do it for the military, this, that, and the other. And in the end, he himself realised gender is is rubbish. It doesn't matter. You can, you know that kind of thing. And yeah. he was an inspirational character as well. And obviously, people in the queer community that also either fancied him, liked him as a character. We all fancied him. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be annoying. That that character's not in it for those people. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Um, so then next was mentioned was Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of hyper-masculinity yeah. in Gaston. Um, I feel like it's obvious that he's portrayed as straight. I mean, he's like a, a lady killer in that, isn't he? Yeah. But he could argue that with how much he loves himself, there could be area for a bit, bit of bisexuality in there maybe. Uh, but specifically his sidekick, LeFou, yeah. I think is interesting that he's very keen on Gaston and is always complimentary towards him. Yeah. So there's a bit of a thing there. Um, I've put a bromance or a level of being gay towards him. <laughs> yeah, because they um, kind of touched on that in the live action, didn't they? That was my next point yes. that I wrote there, yeah. Because that's played by Josh... Uh, was it Josh Gad? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I thought they, they, they played that, that role. It was more subtle about it, but also in the same breath, because it was subtle, it was also more touched upon, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did that well. Then Aladdin, uh, Jafar in Aladdin apparently shows some queer traits. Um, okay. However, the critics uh, have criticised such queer code in villains as co- contributing to homophobic discourse and equating queerness with evil itself. Oh. Yeah, so I suppose... So my ne- actually, the next point, we'll maybe touch back on that. So... Um, there was a supervising animator at Disney at the time called Andreas Dejar, okay. or Dejar, and he was an openly gay person who helped form the characters of uh, Gaston and LeFou in Beauty and the Beast, uh, Jafar from Aladdin, uh, and also Scar from The Lion King. Right. So it's quite interesting that those he, he made those characters, um, and people have said that you know, put some of his own experiences onto into these characters through like the animation style or whatever, and then people have picked up on that. And um, what am I trying to say? So because there were villains, people have associated those traits with being evil instead yeah. of 
you know, celebrating people's uniquenesses, I suppose, in being queer. Oh. I mean... Gosh, that is deep, isn't it? It is deep. Also, saying that, Jafar and Scar, thinking about them, actually, they're quite similar in yeah. the way that they talk, their actions, the way they move their hands, paws. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's a similarity to that sort of, the way they talk. Never, ever would have even thought no. about that. But now I'm like, oh. But that's kind of cool, isn't it? And yeah. then going back to those films in particular, those characters, so the characters Gaston and Jafar, they both sang music that was made by Howard Ashman, who okay. was also openly gay as well. Yeah. So just kind of looking behind the scenes within Disney, you know, it's nice to see people that, I mean... This stuff would have been happening for years anyway. It doesn't matter what your sexual preference is, but it's nice that they were openly gay because there's um, interviews from the time, apparently, where behind the scenes at Disney, the atmosphere around being queer or gay was quite accepted. Obviously, that was just their anecdotes for it, but I thought that was quite nice because I think you would think of Disney from back in the day and you'd think, oh, that must have been tough. You probably might not have been able to be this or that kind of a person. Yeah. But I thought that was quite nice. Um, and then sticking with Lion King and that music, obviously you got Elton John that wrote yeah. a couple of the songs for it as well. So that was kind of cool. And then from that, there's a big jump from those kind of films uh, in the 90s, I suppose. And the next one that was, was talked about was Frozen. That is a big jump. Yeah. That's a, so a lot of years. This is what I'm saying. Years. I'm not sure. There's probably a few films that are a bit obvious that have missed out in the discussion so apologies for that but yeah so a few conservative christian commentators decried the promotional homosexuality in frozen (laughs) owing to yeah owing to the results of elsa being different from others kind of being away from society uh being independent and the rejection of male suitors okay uh are metaphors for lesbianism i mean uh, it seems like a reach. Uh, but that I is do a, feel that, she's a bit of a like. Oh yeah. Icon, yeah, she's like, a, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, she's yeah. proper. But I just think that. I and uh, that's a bit of a stretch, that isn't it? That's what I thought. So the song "Let It Go" has also been compared to the phenomenon of coming out of the closet. Yeah, it's, which I do. I yeah, do like, like that. I think that. watching the documentary of Making Frozen Two, they were talking about the songs, and "Let It Go" and how. Yeah, like you just say that the queer community has like latched onto that. And I think it's really powerful that that's become so influential and important to people. Yeah. But yeah, that whole other bit of mm. saying that just because she's, you know, different and a strong, independent woman, therefore she's a lesbian. Well, I think maybe that she's different and a strong, independent woman because of all the stuff that happened to her. I think that's yeah. a, possibly a little bit of trauma, but, you know, cool. Yeah. And then one of my comments is, you know, I think it's good that it's a a strong female-led film with the two sisters. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's important, not just for the queer community, but for other outcasts and, and young women uh, to have that female representation um, in such a key Disney film. And you think of a Disney princess now and like Elsa's at the top. Yeah, like it's so different how they've <clears throat> changed the sort of perception on the Disney princess from... I'm going to wait here, oh, I'm asleep, some guy's got to wake me up, oh, I'm just going to wait for this guy to come and save my life. Yeah. And then you've got, like, Merida, who's like, I'm just going to turn you all into bears. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. always about that. And then they fell in love at the end. I like the fact that in Frozen, you've kind of got that with yeah. Arna, and there's, like, kind of lovely little story there. 
but your main character that's not what that's not her journey that's not the end goal for her and i love mm. that i love the fact that yeah it's not the love story because it does get boring but it's like you just you brought up brave yeah i completely didn't think of that she's but absolutely you, incredible. You, some people probably make the argument as well well she's rejecting all these suitors for her so she's obviously a lesbian as well which yeah they love throwing around that tomboy don't yeah they? she, the, I, she I likes do to not. be in the forest by herself a lot it's like well come on but i think more than anything that that film is about she's a young woman finding herself she doesn't need a man she doesn't need a significant other be it you know a man or a woman yeah was... and i think that's important but Again, though, that's kind of nice of Disney to make a film that isn't driven by these prince saving a princess storylines. Yeah, they're like the whole having to be saved concept is kind of yeah. gone now with it, and it is just like women and girls just doing their thing. Like it's a family-led film. Mm-hmm. The whole point of Brave is family, isn't it? She's got little brothers. Like she obviously idolizes her dad, and yeah. that's why she wanted to do all of those things. Yeah. Um, but it was like, no, you've got to be a princess, you've got to be. And she was just like, no, I just rejected it. because. <laughs> and I think a lot of us related to that. I was like, yeah. Well, talking of that, just jumping forward a little bit, did you ever watch Raya and the Last Dragon? Oh, my God, yeah. It was so good. <laughs> See, I only really watched I watched it. it the once. But really? Yeah, I need to go, go and watch it again. It's but brilliant. It's so good. The lady that voices uh, Raya, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. Uh, she argued, she thought that um, Raya could be queer, st- um, stating that she believed there was some romantic feelings between Raya and Namari, is yeah. it? Um, in the story. And I think she's also been a bit of a proponent for Disney making more, you know, strong characters that are part of the queer community. And even, you know, other things like disabilities she thought would be kind of cool to throw in there as well. Uh, and then, so a couple of others that, just on a smaller scale, uh, Zootopia, um, apparently uh, Judy, the, the main character, the rabbit, her next door neighbours when she moves to the big city are um, a gay, gay couple of deers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're two Yeah, Bucky, Bucky, Bucky and Pronk. <laughs> but I thought that's kind of cool. Again, like, not Disney normalising it by the fact that you know that the film wasn't centered around those or it wasn't a shock of oh my neighbors are a gay no. it was no she's just got two queer neighbors what does it matter yeah um so that was that was just one little point on that did and they then, mention the cheater is he a cheater you know the guy who eats the donuts who loves yeah. shakira's character oh, he's like super camp and he's oh, like yeah so good yeah. yeah and like everyone's favorite character like he's incredible i can't remember his name but yeah, they make him like, he's, yeah. Okay. Super, I'm sure he's a cheater. Yeah. And then, uh, did you ever watch Onward? You know, the Pixar film oh about God. the brothers? Yes, because it was Chris Pratt and uh, Tom Holland, Tom Holland wasn't yeah. it? I, I love that Tom film Holland's so much. Dad's just a pair of legs. It's a brilliant film. Like, yeah. again, one of those ones. It came out in lockdown, I'm sure it did, didn't it? Uh, so it kind March of missed... 2020. But yeah, I remember it coming out because it was just at the time that sort of lockdown hit. So a lot of us... And mm. watched it, so we had something to talk about on Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> love that film. Cried watching that film. It's amazing. It just reminds of like me and my, my brother Nathan so much. Just yeah. like two brothers. The older one's a bit. He loves playing with his miniatures, his war, his war stuff. That reminded me of Nathan. And then the other one's like some young skinny lad that's unsure of himself. That reminded me of me. And then the fact that you know he's constantly want, he wants to check off that list to to do with his dad. And then in the end, he's like. 
he realises that he's done all this stuff with his bigger brother. Yeah. Holy I love God, the that gets me. Oh my God, the stepdad. Oh Man, yeah. The cop. <laughs> oh. oh God, yeah. it's an absolutely brilliant well, film. Well, talking of cops, there's a bit where they get uh, pulled over in the van and yeah. there's a Officer Spectre, she's called, starts talking to the, to the lads uh, and she makes like a passing comment of, um, you know, my girlfriend's daughter, she's driving me crazy, she's got me pulling my hair out. I don't even remember that. Yeah. That's the best thing is that yeah. things are just put in yeah. just as a normalised conversation. And even better, it's voiced by someone called uh, Lena Waith, who's a lesbian actress as well. Incredible. So again, behind That's the scenes it's cool, on the screen it's cool as well just to make that. Just a little one, just a one-liner, but it just makes the whole difference of normalising things. Yeah. You know, because there'll be kids watching that and going, oh, that's cool, she's got a girlfriend. And then that's it. That's, then all, that's, 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 that's all that, that's that. All it is. It's just... Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. If you want to be mentioned in the podcast, please send your ideas, favourite bands, film recommendations, and anything else for others to know about to 07956 329 256 via WhatsApp, and we'll do our best to read out your comments on future episodes. And then this is one that we spoke about the other day, the um, the Pixar short titled Out. Oh, it's so yeah. good. <laughs> Which is about the um, Greg who attempts to hide a framed photo of his boyfriend Manuel from his parents in fear of their disapproval. And then obviously there's a little story that, that surrounds it. Um, but apparently it's the first short feature of a gay main storyline uh, and it's also uh, the first same-sex kiss as well. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. I think yeah. a lot of those shorts, like, I really hope that people will sit and just watch through all of them. I do it all yeah. the time, and I'll watch one, and I'll wait for my partner to come home and be like, you need to see this. Like, it's literally only however many minutes long, but they just managed to capture so much in such a short space of time. Yeah. Um, and that one is, yeah, it's, like, heart-wrenching. Like, it, it's just, it's so good. Like, everybody with Disney+, Plus, please... Go and watch it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So then the next film is Luca. Did you ever watch that one? Yes, that's the one where they're like the fish. It's like yeah. reverse Little Mermaid, isn't yeah. it? Kind of sort of thing. Yeah. So apparently, some some people have argued that said that 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 film felt gay in quotation marks, um, if not explicitly queer. It's a bit ambiguous, and people have said you know the relationship between Luca and Al- Alberto hiding their true sea monster identities is kind of like a metaphor for how people in the queer community feel. Yeah. Which, again, it's nice that people can pick out those things in the films. I think the directors kind of said that side of things might have been a bit unintentional. um, It was more to do with, like, just a child's friendship and kind of finding yourself as a kid more than anything. Uh, But also went on to say that, you know, the themes of diversity and acceptance and inclusion are all things that are dear to his to his heart so I think that's kind of kind of nice how oh, that's come full circle in that regard yeah so at the same time I think there was a few Pixar employees that were a little bit weren't happy with the level of inclusion of um, queer moments in, in films okay so apparently there was some there was a lot of things that got cut or changed that were more overtly gay or queer in these films Pixar downplayed queer moments in films like Luca and Turning Red. 
So there's moments where they could have pro- potentially lent more into it, yeah. but they downplayed it slightly. You're either in it or you're not. Yeah. If you're in it, you've got to go whole hog in it and be like, this is what we're doing, instead of, oh yeah, but we don't want it. At the end of the day, everything that they do, there will be someone that moans, yeah. look at the little mermaid. Mm-hmm. Like I, There was so much around it, I didn't even want to watch it, and I just thought, that poor girl's getting death threats because she's not the same as that drawing of the fish lady. Yeah. Like, I just can't deal with the amount of stuff that went on about that film mm-hmm. and I just think where when are we going to move on <laughs> like yeah. how is this you know you're telling us we had a black princess she was a frog for most of that film but yeah it's just <laughs> there's just a lot it's a very weird thing where they like it's almost like they want to do it but there's still that oh but we don't want to do and sometimes I'm like rebel like yeah. be the rebellion be like we want to do it and we're going to do it mm-hmm. not we want to do it but we don't want to upset anyone because people are going to get upset anyway so to be honest with <clears throat> with how progressive they have become over the past 10 years at least let's say I do feel like we're just heading further and further in the right direction I think yeah. at least Lightyear did you watch that one? I did yeah yeah so when he's younger, his first uh, teammate, Alicia Hawthorne, she uh, has a wife, Kiko. Yeah. Uh, and obviously they grow up together and have a kid and obviously that grandkid then turns out to be Hawthorne that's on his, with like the current day team, I think. Yeah. Alicia Hawthorne and Kiko had the first same-sex kiss as well on like a big big screen mm. production, for Disney at least. Yeah. So that was that's quite nice. So that's that little queer anecdote for that film. Did you watch any of the Baymax series? Yeah. So there's an episode called Embitter or Embiter, Embiter. Anyway, unfortunately, I haven't watched it. Marsha has, but she can't really remember. I've seen them all. I um, they're dead short, so I just literally yeah. was like, I'm going to bang through these. I was um, meaning just, to. Like, cause cried, because they're just amazing. I was meaning to, because I love Baymax so much, but I just haven't got around to watching it yet. Uh, anyway, there's a side character that has a romantic relationship with another man called Yukio. Why can't I remember this? Um, I'm going to watch them all again. Um, so, Embita, I think Embita sounds about right, is voiced by a gay comedian called Jabuki Young White. So, the third episode, called Sophia, features a transgender man recommending menstrual products to Baymax. I remember that one. That, one's so that's, like, that one really stuck in my head. Yeah. That whole um, so they've got... episode was phenomenal. So they've got two episodes there, which are very much forward thinking. Yeah. So that's cool. I was wondering when, you know, transgender was going to pop up, because obviously that's massive at the minute. And while, you know, being gay and lesbians, like, it's not where it should be, but that's got a lot of exposure. I think transgenders are the next one that we really need to push for that kind of thing. And then Strange World, uh, you know that film? The latest one, no. I think it's one of the latest ones they've put out, Strange World, features Ethan, Ethan Clade, who is the first gay lead character in a Disney animated film. Yes. Uh, Ethan Clade is voiced by that Jabuki Young White again. Okay. So he obviously did a bit of bit of something for Baymax and then had a, a full role for for that film. So Do that's cool. I think that's important as well. Uh, yeah. Is the same with like, you know, <clears throat> I think when you, even if it is voice acting, when you're casting somebody who can put their stamp onto something it makes a difference yeah. I know they changed a lot of um, the voice actors in Big Mouth um, because of that same reason that there was like a black character and I can't remember who was voicing her originally mm-hmm. but they changed it because they were like you can't 
put your own it doesn't if there's mm. a storyline about it and you've not been there or lived yeah. it how do you put your stamp across in it because it is literally just animation on a screen you've well, got to be able to do it with like your mm. voice is quite a big part of that I mm. think um, so yeah I think it is cool when they're like we've got this queer character it's going to be voiced by this queer actor like that's, that's good mm. um, Elemental I still haven't I haven't watched this one either I feel like it's a bit of a vibe of Inside Out and Soul kind of mixed together okay uh, it's basically about the elements um, is it new? it's new uh, one, isn't it? actually yeah it's come out this yeah this this month oh well, there you this go year, yeah. watch it uh, so it features Lake Ripple who is the first non-binary character in a Pixar film. Lake uses they-them pronouns uh, and is also voiced by a non-binary actor called Kai Ava Hauser. Amazing. So again, that, that's cool. Just those those last two have having someone that's transgender and non-binary is a huge step. Yeah. Huge step. Um, other shows of note that have done positive things uh, in the queer community is The Proud Family, The Owl House and DuckTales. Oh, uh, DuckTales. But I didn't, I didn't delve too deeply into them because I just focus more on the, 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 the movies that have come out. Yeah. What about um, Finding Dory? Because I know that that got... I can't remember when that first came out. It got banned in like however many countries because there was <coughs> a same-sex couple at the... Aquarium. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, there was, yeah. The yeah, t- they pushed the in their push the stroller, was yeah, it? Yeah, and then yeah. Hank ends That's up cool. in the yeah. pram with his dummy and the best character ever. Yeah, I forgot grumpy, to mention grumpy that. Grumpy, yeah. Hank. I love him. Mm. <laughs> He's see, so good. Again, that's so so subtle. Just a little thing, but it got um, picked up so quickly that mm. loads of countries were like, no, we're banning this entire film or we're cutting that entire section out. Um, and it's something that I think if we'd probably sat and watched it, we wouldn't have even noticed for it because you're not looking for it. It's people who are specifically looking mm-hmm. for it to go, no, we can't have that. It's just like... Well, Lightyear got banned as well. Yeah. I think it's the the Saudi Arabia type countries that are really not... <laughs> really not into it. So that kind of rounds up some of the points that I found about Disney. Obviously, there's loads more and if, if people want to let us know, obviously... Uh, WhatsApp us with the the phone number or message us on um, on the Instagram post and, and let us know because that'd be cool yeah. um, to see how what what other films people in the queer community have kind of latched onto and what what characters have become icons and this kind of thing. That's always fun to look into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the next the next one that I've got is uh, Marvel. Okay. So can you remember Valkyrie from the Thor films? Yeah. That's Tess Thompson, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so Valkyrie is kind of confirmed in the comics that uh, she's bisexual. Yeah. Uh, and she's also bisexual in the MCU. Yes. Um, the first LGBT plus hero, apparently. Really? Yeah. Uh, on screen in the MCU. Yeah. Um, and I haven't watched Love and Thunder yet, but I think you have, haven't you? Yes. It says here You've that... You've not watched it yet? No. Th- I'm, I'm not a, even a Thor fan I suck at right all. now. There's so much that I haven't watched. I don't really like Thor at all. Um, yeah. 
They weren't bothered about anything really until Ragnarok, but they, it's so good. She's incredible. She's so, an incredible actress in everything as well. We are just going to, got a bigger up. She's yeah. amazing. And also there was, and I don't want to dive into stuff, but there was some unusual and exciting photographs of her <laughs> with Rita Ora and Rita's husband, whose name I can't remember, who does the Thor films. Oh. Ta- oh, Taika Waititi. That person. Are those they two were, married? They're married, yes. Damn. There was what some pictures of them all out for dinner, and then a three-way kiss. Each to their own. Yeah, it was like a thing that came out, <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, so. And I was like, that's exactly what it should be. Yeah, so, like, wow. they're all, three of them, beautiful <laughs> human beings, like... Share that love. So apparently in Love and Thunder, there's a bit of a queer storyline involving her. That's cool then. That's cool. Makes me want to watch it even more. It's so good. Like, yes, please watch it. Please watch it. And I don't even like Thor. He's like the most annoying, Mm -hmm. the most annoying character. But (laughs) um, I think everyone else around him is amazing. So it's very good. Uh, Next up is Loki. So he's kind of a, a beloved complex character. Uh, his shape-shifting ability and trickster-like personality might annoy audiences, yep. but his story developed, as his story developed, people saw his growth and vulnerability. Apparently his character is somewhat gender-fluid, uh, and the bisexuality of Loki is also confirmed. Uh, he's having a conversation with Sylvia, and she says, How about you? You're a prince. You must have some would-be princesses or perhaps another you know, prince in your life. Uh, and he just replies with a bit of both. I suspect the same as you. So just again with a, a off-handed one-liner, you know these things are you know brought into real life. I suppose you could argue for wokeness in a lot of this stuff, you know, because it could just be that it was never intended. But maybe Marvel just thought, oh, sod it, let's just make him buy to appeal to more people. But I don't know. I think it it makes the characters more well-rounded. I think. I mean, the thing is, with things like Marvel, DC, etc., it all is based on something that already exists. Mm -hmm. And I think if Stan didn't want it, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, it just doesn't make logical sense for if all these characters were just straight, (laughs) does it? That's not how life works. It's not the world. I know some people would love it to be that way. We don't don't indulge in those human beings. No, we do not. but, you know, that's not that's not the world. And I think everything needs to be a true representation of what the hell is actually going on out there instead of, like, your idealist, you mm-hmm. know, how you wish it was or whatever. That's not it. Well, just also from a storytelling point of view, it's just not as not exciting, is it? We get back on that boring, like, girl waiting for a guy to save her life business. Yeah. That, that could only run for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, unless yeah. it's Shrek. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you hear and want to be part of future discussions, check out our Instagram at foreveronalwayspod. Find the post of our latest episode and comment any thoughts, opinions and questions you have. Remember, this is a safe space for all and we'll try our best to answer your comments in future episodes. Thank you and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Next up is Deadpool. Okay. Um, yes, we love Deadpool. So the the uh, the article that I've got it says he has prepositioned and flustered Spider-Man several times, <laughs> flirted with the God of Thunder, and has had an had an affair with Lady Death in the brief moments he was dead. <laughs> I mean, he's been around. <laughs> I love Deadpool that. gets around. Yeah. Um, so uh, Deadpool is described as being pansexual. Okay. Uh, so he's just a a guy that likes to flirt with 
with anyone, I suppose, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then also in Deadpool 2, a bit more obvious was Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She introduced her partner, Yukio. Yeah. Um, and she just bluntly says, she's my girlfriend. And that was, again, another one line of, yeah, she's my girlfriend, that's what it is. And then a bit more uh, recent is, did you ever watch the Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange? Yes. Mm, so That was the second one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, America Chavez. Uh, her character is openly lesbian. I feel like I can't remember any of this, and that means obviously it's just weaved into the film. So yeah. It's not a deal. But I, don't I think couldn't it was... say to you, oh yeah, there was an open lesbian no, character I mean, in that film. In the comics, she's a lot more open about it. I think in the film, it was a lot more subtle. Apparently, on her, she's wearing like a denim vest and she's got a tiny little pride yes. enamel pin badge. Yes. And that was cool. And then also, her character has two mums represented on screen as well. I literally feel like I've never seen this film and I've watched it more than once. <laughs> that's um, because of how normalised yeah, it is now. Yeah, that's what it should be. It shouldn't great. be like, ooh, you know. Yeah. She's got two mums. Um, that's a wild film, that was. And then also, um, it's a little bit more on the comic book side, but I included this one because in WandaVision, did you, ever, did you watch that or was that yes. one of the ones you didn't? No, you did. absolutely. The only was one great, I didn't it? watch was Loki. I've watched all the others. So, so She-Hulk... I love She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, She-Hulk was brilliant. Um, yeah, it was good. But in WandaVision, so the the son, her, the two sons, yes. Tommy and Billy, in the comics, those characters are Wiccan and Speed. Yeah. So Wiccan is in a committed relationship with another member of like the Marvel Universe, uh, Hulking, yeah. who uh, was actually introduced in She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Speed is bisexual. Yes. Because so. I know that they're gonna do stuff with those characters as well. Yeah, I think they um, might be doing like a young, like a young Avengers or a yes. young MCU type thing. Yeah. Yes, and I was like, this is gonna be amazing because we already kind of knew those little underlining parts of the story. So. So they were the 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 more like the on-screen things from Marvel. Again, that was just one of the articles I, I came across. If there's other characters, you know, please let us know. And there's tons more in the comics as well. I think. Iceman from the X-Men, I think he might be in the queer community as well. I mean, with like a lot of things in Marvel, there's other things that we kind of hope. We're like, yeah. Steve and Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Everybody, oh. want, we all wanted Steve and Bucky. Like, if I can't have Steve, then... I mean, Steve's got eyes for one person only, anti-bless him. Cap and Peggy, I think, is a, is a nice instance of a straight relationship done well though yeah and it's that kind of old fashioned love isn't it that like you meet that girl when you're young and you go off to war and it has that Mm -hmm. that... there was no like misogyny there's no like I don't know felt feeling like he had to save her because she's a hero in her own right I just think you know he was a he was just obsessed with her he loved her and he just wanted to live in the 40s with her so it's cool to talk about Disney and Marvel Um, well I think also they kind of go hand in hand with the alternative community um, because it is storylines of you know the outcasts or whatever um, becoming the heroes or you know that sort of thing that you can kind of latch onto so I think that's why it works so well with our customer base because it's things we're interested in like Mm. even though people think it's you know they're like Disney and I'm like yeah there's a lot of Disney grabs out there Disney goths like we love that stuff. Sometimes it's nice to have that bit of sparkle when everything else is quite dark. Or sometimes yeah. you hunt out the darker things. Mm. I will totally avoid them when it comes to Disney. I don't want yeah. to watch The Lion King. It makes me sad. Hmm. Um, 
I will hunt for the nice ones yeah. to like bring things back around. Yeah. So obviously mentioning being alternative as well with some of the the Disney side of stuff. Obviously music as well. We sell band a lot of band merch. Is there anything that you that you've picked up on research wise to do with music in the queer community? So yeah, there's like obviously um, I think there's this whole perception of like metal and especially back in the day it started off where it was all like big hairy men then obviously you got your glam rock and everything where there was like you know these straight guys in makeup and like heels Mm -hmm. um but there are you know a lot of openly gay openly queer artists out there um yeah and obviously at the time of coming out for a lot of them it was probably quite difficult and things were you know you don't really know how it's going to affect your career and especially if you're in a band mm-hmm. you know that's the whole band's career not just yours um so you've got to talk about rob halford from judas priest because he oh, is like yeah. openly gay and i read that he came out in 1998 on an mtv interview so wow. literally you know obviously it kind of spoke to the rest of the band members about that because it's like hey things might be massively different this was the late 90s like Mm -hmm. 1998 I'm trying to think around that time I was into like Buffy and stuff the world was different Mm -hmm. Um, so to come out and keep your fan base and then it just go from strength to strength and you're out as an openly gay man Mm -hmm. in a metal band is pretty sick like he's the he's the one that everybody's like yeah you know Rob did it um, another few I've got Lizzie Hale is from Hailstorm is openly bisexual you find a lot of it in her lyrics mm-hmm. um, that's cool we love Lizzie Hale again similar with what we're talking about with uh, film and stuff it just makes things more interesting yeah like you know there's been how many people in boy bands etc that have been singing all these songs about girls and then yeah. they come out and you're just like you've had to do this for ages like, it's just so... You're not living your full truth, mm-hmm. are you? You're no. living the other, however many members in your band's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I've also got uh, Lingon from Paris, um, openly out. Billy Joe Armstrong, openly bisexual. Oh, he was he? The, Yes, he was the man that, that I thought I was going to marry as a child. Mm-hmm. Um you know he's getting on now I'm engaged to someone else don't think that's going to happen <laughs> he's also married whatever never, never say never um, but as a young kid I was like this is the one <laughs> this is the one for me um, but he's been quite open about stuff uh, Brendan Yori's quite open about stuff True, I've yeah. got um, Laura Jane Grace from Against Me who transitioned in 2012 so as a punk band it's that same situation again are you going to end up losing fans are people going to kind of turn against you mm-hmm. um, and that band's just gone from strength to strength and she's an absolute icon now done a lot of work with uh, Miley Cyrus who's also openly out okay. um, as queer that's cool um, and Miley kind of was like hey do you want to come and do this thing with me let's make some music together um, and kind of push that out um, but yeah, obviously the music changed quite a bit. There's two albums written afterwards and the lyrics mm-hmm. are very different. And it's just really cool to be open and honest and just yeah. be yourself. Like, how amazing is that? And for the fans to watch that happen mm-hmm. as a transition and just, you know, you love the band and you love that human. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. Did you say it was like a punk band as well? Yeah, like so a punk band. Again, I feel me, like, yeah. like the punk and alternative community is all about a lot of us don't, feel right or a lot of us feel like outsiders so I think it's not I think it's I mean it's easy for me to say because I'm supportive but I feel like it's a quite a, an easy accepting supportive thing to be like this person really doesn't feel themselves so they want to tra- transition 
And I just think, I don't know, I feel like we're quite a nice community to be accepting and supportive of stuff like that. Yeah. Because I think we all can feel that to a degree. So if there's someone that feels so strongly that they don't like who they are to the point where they want to be someone else, I think that's awesome that, you know, yeah, we're all just supportive of it. Yeah. Obviously it comes with its difficulties and not everyone is, but yeah. I mean, we're kind of seeing it recently with things as well, like with Elliot Page. I know that he's wrote a book that I need to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, who cares? You know, when you're talented at that thing yeah. that you do, like you're yeah. good at that thing that you do. That's all that matters. Like mm-hmm. you're very good at that thing. Like your job is, that's the reason why it is your job. Yeah. Um, and then the other ones I've got to mention that's kind of outside of, I would maybe the authentic community, I mm-hmm. guess, not really. I mean, obviously Freddie yeah. and now um, yeah. Adam Lambert. Yeah. Um, so when he was on American Idol, I watched it. He didn't when he came second, which is jokes. Look at him now, hmm. he's in Queen. Yeah. Um, and at the, on the final, he performed with Kiss, who I love dearly. But I know that Gene Simmons did say to him, like, the minute you come out, your career's done. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to come out and now I sing in Queen. Um, yeah. So, like, Adam, <laughs> yeah, that's like... I'm and I always Adam. preferred Queen to Kiss, so <laughs> screw you. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, he openly said that. There's quite a lot of interviews with Adam where he said that, you know, and he was like, again, you're just good at the job that you do. Yeah. You're so good at that thing that even though you didn't win that competition... Queen were like, hey, do you want to come and sing yeah. in our band? And like, you know, you'll never be a replacement for Freddie, but you're singing Freddie's songs. I mean, you've worn it life. Yeah. You've worn it life. Other ones are Janelle Monet that I touched on um, yeah. massively in, in the queer community. Just an incredible artist. Um, Gaga, mm-hmm. openly bisexual. Um, my favourite human being in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And then from like a different angle, you've got Frank Ocean. So in... 2012 we brought out an album um, called Channel Orange he was part of Odd Future so Tyler the Creator Earl Sweatshirt etc so like yeah. I'm a hip hop bass but he was like the singer in it ah, okay. um, Channel Orange is one of the best albums ever written it is so close to my heart I can't begin to tell you how good it is and he wrote an open letter on Tumblr about being in love with his friend who was a male and then when you go back and listen to those songs on the album mm. it's absolutely like heart wrenching I can't begin to tell you mm-hmm. like you know and obviously they went straight to like Tyler being like, did you know like he was in your hip hop group? And Tyler's like, whatever. Like, yeah. you know. um, but that was like a massive, massive deal, like a huge deal. And then obviously now I've got Lil Nas X who's just pushing all the boundaries. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go on the BET Awards, which is just all, it's black entertainment. It's mm-hmm. all hip hop. Everyone wants to talk about their money, their bling. And he's on there like gyrating on a pole, kissing mm-hmm. a man. Like nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Yeah it just resonates with people people are like he's rebelling it's the most punk rock thing that mm-hmm. anybody can do yeah. is to like turn up with like assless chaps kiss a dude <laughs> amongst all this like just being yourself in a sea of people that probably aren't being themselves yeah and it's not yeah because it's a carbon copy you find yeah. a lot in hip hop it's you know and anybody who's different seems to make more money from it so mm-hmm. I'm like what that shows that you know you go yeah. in and you're different and people latch onto that you cross genres instead of just saying staying amongst your own sort of peers and yeah. stuff um, so he is like oh my god we love we love that energy mm-hmm. um, a special human being such a young man as well like very yeah. young to just be like this is who I am and you either True. accept it or not um, so it's really cool to have that and I think for a lot of kids in the younger generation it's so good to see that what's the point what's the point in wasting time we've only got a short amount of time here and then mm-hmm. at the end of it being like I really wish I'd have wore that sparkly corset and dance like you know just do it like yeah. because when you're in 
when you're making music, when you're making films, when you're doing anything creative, the bottom line is creativity. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't exist, what are you doing? And that's the bottom line. If you're not doing anything for yourself, yeah. you're just doing it to please everyone else. And that's a money-making machine. Otherwise. That's just what I think when it comes to creativity. I'm like, the more that somebody is genuine, the more that you latch onto it, the yeah. more you see someone. Look at Miley Cyrus. Like, mm-hmm. she was Disney, Disney, Disney. And everyone's like, she's changed. And I was like, she's becoming who she's supposed to become. Yeah. Like, and there is nothing cooler than seeing someone shave their hair off. Mm-hmm. stick their tongue out and wiggle their bum around on the <laughs> telly like I was like yes that's Miley being Miley yeah. like you're either on it or you're not I know we've spoken a lot more about Disney and Marvel but I think we should probably set aside a whole episode just talking about the mu- music and you know the queer community it's such general. a massive thing so, so many people were outed in pop music yeah. like outed um, by the media and it's just dis- it's disgusting there were so yeah. many boy bands where there'd be like one person who obviously everyone was keeping it a secret it had to be a secret and then they'd be outed but yeah maybe we'll, um, we'll have another episode doesn't have to be in June doesn't have to be for Pride Month obviously we're for everyone always so we'll probably have a better fuller discussion about it at another point if um, I get to talk about Lady Gaga for like <laughs> three seconds, I'll be. I mean, happy. we could literally have a Lady Gaga appreciation episode. <laughs> oh my god, it would be like a fifteen-part series <laughs> from the beginning all the way through till now. <laughs> I mean, there's no one saying that we can't. But yeah, I think that's a nice, nice place to to wrap it up. Like last week, I know we we only really scratched the surface about, I don't know, the queer community and pride, and I feel like we've delved a bit more into it today, and I'm I'm, I'm pleased about that. Yeah, um, like, you know, we're only 21 days into June. Mm-hmm. At the time of recording. At the time of recording. And also, you know, everyone's going to be having their parades at different points. I know yeah. Derby Hours is in September. It's the sort of thing that we've got to continue. It has to be a continuous discussion. Yeah. Like, yes, it's highlighted in June, but mm-hmm. we have to have these continuous discussions yeah. all the time. And um, yeah, it just needs to be weaved into normal, everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also just t- touching on pride and stuff like that we've also got free tote bags both online and in store so yeah if anyone would like a you know a damage society smiley rainbow tote bag then um yeah have a look on either online or in store and you can pick one up for free yeah you can just stick um, it onto your order and we'll pop it in with the things that you buy and then you've got a little bag that you know is your own little mini bit of activism yeah walk around the asda with it piss 100%. off an uncle who's a little bit homophobic when you're just like oh I'll get this rainbow bag out like you know every little bit that's your little bit of activism yeah. that's your little bit of allyship or you know yeah, whatever other than that I hope everyone else is enjoying Pride whatever it is that they're doing wherever it is that they are and yeah we'll do the download recap maybe next week and yeah have many more conversations about topics like this yeah and until next time catch you in a bit won't we Marsh we will indeed <laughs> see you later bye bye Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you like this episode, please share with your friends and family to help grow our community. Tune in next week for more ramblings and mediocrity from your two moronic hosts. But again, that was like an instance of... That was an instance of... um, Fuck's sake, I'm not ready. We're good enough to put this in at the end. You just choking and dive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like. <laughs>